We'll ask that you would repeat after me, Proverbs, the third chapter, 5 and verse 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Now may the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearers of his word. May we all be seated. We want to say good morning. Good morning to those who are with us in person and good morning to those who are with us on social media on uh, this morning. I would ask that you be so kind, be finding Jeremiah chapter 17 and be holding there verse number 1. Jeremiah 17 and hold verse Number one, just want to be mindful of those who do great works in the Lord's church. I want to give a shout out to Sister Lee Gathers this morning and want to give a shout out to Sister Gathers because of her vision with the graduation activities on last Sunday with the presentation of our graduation boxes to those who have graduated in this 2021. Uh, we want to thank her so much for not only her vision, but her, her love for the Lord's church. And anytime I need anything done, uh, Sister Gathers will be sure to get it done. Oftentimes, she goes beyond the calls. And uh, uh, not only she will do it for me, but she will do it for you as well. And so we are so thankful to her on today. But Jordan Lang is one of our guys who work with transportation. And uh, our good brother Leo Lang uh, is out of town. And he texts me and let me know that he was going to be out of town and that brother Jordan was going to be working on this morning. So we need to make arrangements uh, to pick up. And uh, yesterday, Brother Jordan sent me a text, and he said, Brother Viltz, he said, I'm going to be able to take care of tra transportation on tomorrow. That's appreciative. We need individuals to serve in different areas and ministries of the church that the church may be proficient in what she is trying to do. So we thank God for not only Sister Gathers and Brother Lane, but for all of us who do good works in the Lord's kingdom. Jeremiah. 17, verse 1, are you there? Just say amen. And uh, watch the reading this morning. Jeremiah 17 and verse number 1, the Bible says, The sin of Judah is written with a pen of iron and with the point of a diamond. It is graven upon the tablets of their heart and upon the horns of your altars, while their children, Remember their altars and their groves, or groves rather, by the green trees upon the high hills. On my mountain in the field, I will give thy substance and all thy treasures to the spoil and thy high places for sin throughout all thy borders. And thou, even thyself, shall discontinue 
from thine heritage that I gave thee, and I will cause thee to serve thine enemies in the land which thou knowest not. For ye have kindled a fire in mine anger, which shall burn forever. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusted in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departed from the Lord. For he shall be like the health of the heath in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land and not inhabited. Verse 7 says, Blessed is the man that trusted in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. God here, by way of Jeremiah the prophet, is telling the people of God that Judah was consumed by her sin. The Bible says that Judah is represented here by being an iron pin with a diamond for its point. It talks about the diamond because the diamond is hard enough to be able to cut through the stone. And here he wants us to know that Judah was involved in idolatry. They had replaced idol gods for the God of heaven. Matter of fact, they tell us that God was so good to Judah. But in spite of God's goodness, Judah still went and deviated from the word and the will of God. It does not make a difference how good God is and has been to children of his people. Sometimes we still deviate from the Lord. And sometimes our deviation is not because God is not a blessing to our lives, but it is simply because of our lust and our desire for the wrong things in this world. Judah had sinned. God said that it is engraved upon your heart. Not only that, but God says you have engraved it on the horns of your altars. And here he says, even your children have remembered your idol worship. I want you to know, parents, be careful what you do and be careful how you do it because your children, believe it or not, is watching you. And one of these days, what you show your children, one of these days is going to come out in their lives when they are adults. 
The Bible says here that they would go up into the mountains and there underneath the trees they had filled the land of God with idol worship. Have you filled your house? Have you filled your life? Have you filled your mind with idol worship? I want to go to verse number 9. That's why I want to be this morning. The Bible says, the heart. The heart. The heart is deceitful above all things. And you know when you're coming up, when you're dating, you know you're talking about, you know, I'm a girl, I'm going to give you my heart. And sometimes people say, that's, that's my heart. I don't think people really understand what that means. I, I want you to know the heart is deceitful above all things. And the Bible says it is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Verse 9, I, the Lord, searched the heart. I tried the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of of his doing. This morning, I want to talk to you on the subject title, What's in Your Garden? What's in Your Garden? We all have a garden. Everybody has a garden, and it is out your heart is where your garden is planted. It is in your heart that there are some things that can be found. You know, every year, at least once a year, some people do it twice a year, there's something called an annual physical. You go once or twice a year, and you what? Get a full body examination. I want you to know that if you want to know what's going on within your body, you have to go in and get an examination. Sometime uh, they will give you a CAT scan, depending on what's going on uh, with your body. Sometime they give you an MRI, depending on what's going on uh, with your head. Sometime uh, they give you an ultrasound uh, to be able to see inside uh, of your body. But when you go and receive your health examination, uh, they check your glucose. They check your vitals. They check your kidney function. They can check and put a machine on you and see if you had a heart attack in the last month or so. All I'm saying is uh, if you want to know what's going on with you in life, you have to go into the doctor's office. I want you to know if you never step into your garden, if you never take a look within your heart, you don't know what's growing inside of your heart. Sometimes there are things that is deep, way deep down in your heart, and you don't even know that it's there until somebody walks in the room. Mm. A garden. Got some folk up in here who have green thumbs. A garden. There are some of you who have tillers, and you, you wake up and you get up in the morning and you begin to till and break up and cultivate the ground so that you may be able to plant seed. There are many ways
to plant a garden. Some of you all do it the easy way. I've seen folk do it with a shovel. I've seen folk do it with a, with a garden rake. They can break up the dirt, fine dirt, break it up just with a garden rake. There's a difference between a yard rake and a garden rake. The yard rake is that big old plastic head with a wooden end after it. But a garden rake is that iron head. Come on and help me, somebody. I done seen folk who make a garden with just a shovel and a garden rake. But I want you to know this morning that there are three things you better be mindful of when you have your garden. Number one, give me point one this morning. Watch this here. When you have your garden, you have to be careful for wicked men. I say you have to be careful for wicked men. There are cases where people have planted gardens or fields, should I say, and people have come in the night and stolen what's in your garden. There are wicked men who will come and try to steal what you have. In John chapter 10 and verse number 10, there's a wicked one, and if you're not careful, he'll come and he'll steal what the Lord has given you. The devil is coming, y'all, and what you have in your garden, the devil is going to try to steal it from you. I'm reminded that the devil will try to steal your word. Not only the devil will steal your word, you got some folk that are close to you who will try to steal your word. And the thing that is funny to me is this. We could teach and preach on something, uh, and before people would leave the premise of the house of God, uh, they had forgotten uh, what have been preached and what have been taught. Uh, and before you know it, uh, they have allowed uh, somebody to stop them outside uh, and cause their word to be stolen. Don't let people steal your word. Satan will come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. People will try to steal your word. It's 7 o'clock on Wednesday nights. 6.30 come around. You're trying to get ready to go, and somebody comes by your house. And you tell them, I've got to try to go to Bible study. And they're like, girl, why are you going to Bible study? Let's just hang out tonight. Let's, let's just chill and let's do our own thing tonight. Somebody is trying to steal your word. You get a phone call to come over to a certain place. Let's go over to the daiquiri shop. Amen, somebody. Let's go out and just hang out at the daiquiri shop and get, get us a little drink and we're going to drink it up tonight and we're just going to let our hair down but Bible study is going on I'm telling you somebody is trying to just steal your word but watch this here what happens when someone is trying to steal your word can't nobody steal your word unless you allow them to take your word y'all ain't going to help a preacher they can't take from you Unless you give it to them. They can't steal the word of God out of your heart. Unless you allow them to take God's word out of your heart. But then number two. 
there's the wild animals. You got to watch them. They'll come over at night, and they'll walk all over your garden. You better watch them. They're wild animals. They come over and they eat on your tomatoes. They come out there and they'll, they'll take a snippet off of this and a snippet after that. What you going to do with a half a tomato? But the wild animals will walk on your collard greens. The wild animals will come and take what you have. They don't leave a dollar and 15 cent. They just come through the night and they'll take it and they'll walk away. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 8, the Bible says that the devil is like a roaring lion. See, the wild animals will devour your fruit. They will devour your veggies. The devil is not trying to tamper and tease and play with you. The devil wants to devour you. Matter of fact, the devil wants to tear you apart. He wants to rip you from God. He wants to rip your house up. He wants to tear up your marriage and your family. But the devil can't take what you have unless you let him. I said, he cannot devour you up. He cannot rip you apart unless you allow the devil to rip you apart. And he's not satisfied with just biting you. He's not satisfied with just nibbling on you. The devil wants to devour you. He wants to rip you apart and tear you asunder. Watch this, number three. Number three, when you have a garden, you have to be careful about those wicked men who come to steal what you have planted. Therefore, you be careful about wicked people who try to take what you have. That is the word of God. And then you watch those wild animals who come through the night and who devour your veggies and your fruits. There are people who will devour you, who will tear you asunder. But then when you have a garden, when you have a garden, and I want to be right here this morning, is you have to be careful about the weeds. Somebody was sleeping, woke up, he said, he said, weed, where's the weed? Where's the weed? <laughs> no, no, I said weeds. You have to be careful about the weeds. When you walk in your garden, there are going to be things that will grow in your garden. You cannot walk in a garden every or once a month and think that you're just going to have a healthy, pretty, and productive garden. You have to go in your garden each and every day. Some people go each and every what? Morning. Why? Because you want to check out your garden. You want to water your garden. You want to fertilize your garden. And you got to get on your hands and your knees and begin to pull out some weeds. There are weeds that will grow in a garden. There are wild grass that will grow in a garden if you don't watch it. There are, there are wild vegetation. You don't have to plant them. They'll come up by themselves. 
<laughs> there are some things in your life you ain't got to plant. They'll just come up all by themselves. Uh, you got to take that roundup. You got to take that weed eater. You got to take your garden gloves, uh, and you got to get in that garden, uh, and you got to get to pulling them weeds out because if you don't go in that garden every day, <laughs> I'm telling you, you watch. You don't go in the garden for to 12 weeks, and there'll come a point in a time that grass, that weed, will consume your garden. It'll take over your garden. I'm telling you, if you don't go in that garden every day, you come back two months afterwards, uh, you won't be able to tell that there was ever a garden. What happened to some preacher? What happened to some people, preacher? The weeds have taken over their lives taking over their lives because they stopped pulling the weeds in their lives. Well, you got weeds of jealousy that'll grow in your garden. And sometimes you don't know that the weeds of jealousy is there until you see your kinfolk come up in that nice Cadillac. And then you see that something will begin to move on the inside of you. That's jealousy. That's envy. Hello, somebody. That's jealousy. That's envy. Don't envy. Don't be jealous of anybody for anything. Because whatever they have that is good came from God. Well, all good blessings come down from heaven. Stop being jealous and envious of the blessings that God has given us somebody else start to celebrate the blessings of somebody else and somewhere down the line maybe God are going to give you some good things up where somebody can celebrate you jealousy and envy will grow in your heart that's where your garden is it's in your heart what we need to do is get a checkup from the neck up it's not just on the inside. You better go and check your physical heart and make sure everything is cool. But you better make sure your spiritual heart is right with the Lord. Because when you stand in judgment, God is not going to judge your blood-pumping physical heart, but he will judge your spiritual heart. But God knows that there are some things that will grow in your heart. Hatred. You don't know it's there sometimes until that person walks in the room who has caused trouble in your house, in your marriage five years ago, and you thought that thing was gone. And when you see that person walk down the middle aisle, you will walk down the outside aisle. When you see that person sitting next to you, you will get up and go sit on the other side of the church building. Uh, it is because of something uh, that is inside uh, of your heart. Uh, it's been there in your garden. Uh, you forgot to uproot the thing, uh, but it's been there. And when you see the person, uh, hatred comes out. It's in your garden. Oh, sometimes, sometimes we have forgotten to pull out the weed of an unforgiven spirit. Let me tell you something. It's not easy to forgive somebody. 
When somebody has hurt you, somebody has cut you, somebody has wounded you, somebody has injured you, it is not easy to forgive people, but we have to forgive. But what I'm telling you is it is not something that you can just throw over your left and your right shoulder and just forget about it. I'm telling you it's somewhere in the back of your heart, way up there in the corner, in the last row in that garden, and it's right there. It might be one plant, but it's unforgiveness and when you see him there it is when you see her there it is or when you see the person who let you go off the job I wish I had somebody who was your superior you meet him in the grocery store you won't even say hello how you doing because there's something that is in your garden that you have forgotten to pull up can I tell you something? You can pull up that weed of unforgiveness today and you wait a couple of days and that same weed that you thought was gone is coming back up two days afterwards. In other words, you cannot stop with one prayer. You cannot stop with one study. You have to kill it over and over and over again. You have to study on it, pray on it, study on it, pray on it, and keep doing it until you got it up by the roots. But you see, all of these things are like attitudes. They'll keep coming back up. They'll keep growing in your life. You see, when you're dealing with things that grow in a garden, you can never go in one day and clean the garden out and say, you know, I am done with this garden, cleaning it out. It's fine. I can walk away for a whole month, a whole 30 days, and it's going to take care of itself. Having a garden, having fields takes work. Hello, somebody. In your garden, it's going to take work. You can't wait till Sunday morning to clean out in your garden what you should have been doing each and every day of your life. You cannot wait till Wednesday night and clean out the things that have grown in your garden. It takes everyday maintenance. So what's in your garden? You know, we look at these jealousy, envy, hatred, unforgiveness, and we think that those are the only thing that can grow inside of our garden. For some people, there's loneliness that is growing in their gardens. They're lonely. They are dying emotionally because they are lonely. They are by themselves. They are lonely. There's only so much a TV can do. There's only so much a computer can do. There's only so much that a phone can do. There's only so much that these things that technology give us can do. At some point in place and time, you're going to need another human being. And sometimes people in their gardens, they're growing lonely. And then for others in their garden, there's fear. There's fear. Somebody said, what kind of fear? There's fear for some people for being alone. They don't want to be by themselves, right? Children grow up, 
Hardly ever come and see mom. Children go up. Hardly ever come and see dad. They're dealing with loneliness. But, but, but then sometimes they have not only fear of loneliness, but sometimes they are fearing getting older. Hello, somebody. Some people fear getting older. They fear getting older. Some people fear how they're going to pay for their medication. People are not trying to give you more money. They're trying to take away the little money you got. They fear how they're going to pay their bills. There are certain things in our lives that are growing in our garden, uh, and we have to deal with that stuff each and every day in our lives. And I'm telling you, it's your job and it's my job. Listen, you can't come up in my garden. I can't go in your garden. You know why? Because your garden and my garden, you got your own heart. The thing about the heart is you don't know the heart. <laughs> you can be good today, and by the end of the day, you somebody else. You ain't got to say amen is right anyhow. You will switch up. You will change the mold. God says, I know. That's verse 10. God says, I know the heart. God says, not only I know your heart, but God says, I know the motive behind your heart. God says in the book of James, you have not because you ask not. And then God comes back because some people think you just ask and you're going to receive. God says, uh-uh. God says, sometime I ain't going to give it to you because your motives and your intention ain't right. You just want to flaunt that stuff before people. And God says, I ain't blessing you like that because I'm not into flaunting what I give. God says that there is motive behind the heart. See, I may not know your motives. You may not know my motive. I may not, but watch this here. God knows. God knows what's in your heart. And I like that because you don't need to know what's in my heart. You probably can't handle what's in my heart. If you saw what was in my heart, it probably would literally blow you away. Don't sit there and look at me crooked eye because if I saw what was in your heart, it probably would put me in another galaxy. I'm glad God knows the heart. And God knows the heart and he knows how to deal with your heart. God knows how to, how to get them weeds out of your heart. Sometimes God will take people out of your life. There are weeds growing around you. You don't need that around you. You got to get rid of that. Sometimes God will cause you to get sick. Sick enough so he can put so much fear in your life. So you can start pulling up some weeds that don't need to be there. If anybody knows how to get us right, I'm telling you God can. God can get you and he can get me, he can get us right. Can I tell you something? You know, I was thinking. I was thinking and I said, you know, to myself, I said, you know, one of these things, or one thing, should I say, about the pandemic, what the pandemic did to the church. The pandemic did something to the church. People who no longer come to church. I want you to know the pandemic didn't do that. 
The pandemic didn't stop them. It was a matter of time before it happened. Y'all follow me now. There were people who were already hanging by the string. And all they needed was a strong wind to come into their lives. And all the pandemic was, was a strong wind to push them away from God. It was going to happen maybe six months down the line, maybe one year down the line. Maybe somebody was going to die in their life and they couldn't handle it. Maybe they were going to lose a job and not have enough money to pay their bills. Maybe they were going to get sick and have to get close to God. Something would have taken place. It was going to move them. Somebody say, well, no, no, the pandemic didn't do that. The pandemic did this. It only revealed who you were before the pandemic came. <laughs> oh, the Bible says, uh, the Bible says, if God be for you. The Bible says, if God be for you. <laughs> if, if God be for you. That's what it says. If God be for you. Who? Can be against you. If God be for you, who can be against you? My question to you is, is God for you? Yeah, is, and everybody should say yes. But the million dollar question on the floor is this, are you for God? See, it's not about, it's not, and that's what the pandemic did. It exposed us who we were prior to. Y'all don't believe that? Watch verse, verse number Verse number 34 of, uh, of Romans, the 8th chapter. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is it, verse 34, is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God? Who also maketh intercession for us? Verse 35, are you there? Who shall... Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, do you see it? Or persecution, or famine, or coronavirus, or nakedness, or perils, which is danger, or a sword? As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than what? Conquer us through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death <laughs> nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers no things present, nor things to come, no height, no depth, nor any other creature shall be able, shall be able, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And folks say, well, you know, the virus, the virus the virus, the virus, 
No, it's your heart. You ain't got to say amen. It's right anyhow. It's your heart. There's some stuff that grew through the course of 2020 that you allowed to consume your heart, your garden. And there are some people's lives today, if you walk into their garden, you won't be able to know that they were ever a child of the living God. Because the weeds of life will consume your life. I'm closing. You know, one of the things that we uh, have to consider about church is this. Is we need to, not here but other places, stop coming to worship for self. I want you to, I want you to get this. Stop coming to worship for self. It is not about you. It's not about how you look, how you smell. It's not about your hairdo. It's not about your, your wardrobe. It's not about your little expensive cologne that you bought on yesterday. It's not about your snakeskin shoes. It's not about your jewelry. It's about God. I, I, I want you to, I, if you don't get nothing, get this. It's not about you. It's about God. And when we start making it about God, when we start making it about God and only him, this worship will be turned upside out. You want to turn up? Come to church and make it just about God. People will worry about if I'm singing too loud and not sing. Folk will worry about if I say, amen, preach, preacher. It's not about them. It's about God. And when the church abroad makes Sunday morning worship only about God, you'll see a worship. That'll be changed upside down and inside out. Oh, y'all know my mind be inside. Don't know that. Thinking about that. You, you with me? You with me? I, I, I just go back with them. So, you know, get change the channel right up in here. <laughs> when we make it about worship and not about Brother Vilks, not about Brother T, not about Brother Steph, not about Brother John. Not about brother gathers, but we make it about God and just him. Nothing else, just God. Nobody else, just God. Why are you here this morning? Man, I'm here to worship God. Oh, 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 what, what, what about, listen, I'm here to worship God. I've been fighting the devil and all his players Throughout the week, I am here to only worship God. And when we do that, the Lord will activate the Holy Spirit of God. 
that your worship will be changed upside down. Your men will change. Your women will change. Your marriages will change. Your children will change. Your family will change. Your mind will change. Your congregation will change. When you make it only about Jehovah Jireh, we come to worship God in spirit, in spirit, you can't go to the truth until you deal with the spirit. In spirit, how you going to worship God with a dirty God? How you going to worship God with a filthy God? How you going to worship God with hatred in your God? How you going to worship God when you can't stand the person sitting across from you on the other side of the auditorium and you claim to worship the Lord? How you going to worship God and you got jealousy in your heart? How you going to worship God and you got envy in your heart? How you going to worship God and you didn't say I'm sorry this morning? How you going to worship God and you have not forgiven your co-worker? How you going to worship God and you're dirty and you're filthy and you're unholy inside your garden because the weeds of life has taken over you? We come up in here on Sunday morning and we play this game with God uh, like we are so pious and so holy and so righteous and our gardens uh, is filled with the weeds of life. The thing about it is that God is the only one that knows what's in your garden. We don't know what's in them garden, but I'm telling you, we got to get on our hands and knees. We got to start pulling that stuff. And there are some other weeds that we could have talked about this morning. There are some other weeds that grow up. I probably didn't name your weed this morning. <laughs> but you got one. And if you don't watch it, it'll consume your heart. I don't have the time, but in Luke chapter 8, the Bible says the sower came. And he sowed some seeds. Then birds came and took them seeds. The sower threw seeds over here. And then the tares choked them. He threw some seeds over yonder. And they dried up on the stone because their roots did not go far down enough. And then he threw some seeds over yonder. And that seed fell on good ground. And the Bible says it came up. What kind of heart you have? What kind of heart you have? You got to walk in your garden. You got to go in your heart every day. You got to ask God, clean my heart. David wanted God to clean his heart. Clean my heart, O oh Lord. Clean the filth, the dirt that is in my heart. And you got to go all the way back there in the cracks of your heart. It's over there. It might not come out every day, but it's in there. If you're not a child of God, you come by hearing his word, believing the same, repenting of the sins, confessing Christ and putting them on in water baptism for the remission of your sins. Today you may say, preacher, I, I'm in the church. I've been baptized for the remission of my sins. God has washed away all of my sins. But you know, through time, the weeds have been growing in my life. They, they've been growing in my life. And I got weeds of weaknesses in my life. And I need, I need, I need, I need them weeds pulled out. Well, you're in the right place this morning. But will you let God pull those weeds out? And you got to walk into the examination room of God every day, 
get inside your word, get inside the word. This will show you what kind of weeds you got. And it will also take away those weeds out of your life. If you stand in need of prayer today, don't you leave this morning without asking God for what you so desperately need. The heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? God can. He can see right through you today, and he can see right through me today. Let's let God fix our heart as together we stand and together we sing.